Okay, so tonight we're going to be learning Osmem in the Sefer Reishmilin from Rav Kuk's Chusigin We have the special schus to actually be learning tonight on Rav Kuk's 83rd yard site. And the limud from the Sefer Reishmilin should be Ma'orer schus from the Neshama of the Tzaddik, from the Rabbona Shalom to be Mashpia, all sorts of goodness, everything contained within the Sefer that Rav Kuk wrote. And as we move through the Sefer, we should be zolchet to have more and more of a ha'ara from the Machaber HaSefer. Like the Arizal writes in his Hakdama to Yitzchayim, well, the Arizal doesn't write it, but it's printed in the beginning of Yitzchayim, that the Yihiratzon before learning Pnimi Satora, and this is true when learning Chitzon Yisatora also, as long as it's Bederach Pnimi that when a person is learning Lishma, the Shem HaOsios, in the name of the letters themselves, there's zolchet to have the Bal HaShmua stand in front of them. And the Yihiratzon before Limud Pnimiya Satora is printed in the beginning of the Eitz Chaims, at least from a certain edition and forward, is that through the Kavana HaPnimis, through the interiority of our intention, we should draw forth a certain Ha'ara, a certain expression or an enlightenment, if you will, from the Machaber themselves, from the Neshama of the Machaber. So we're not only learning to understand the Torah, but we're also learning to understand the neshama of the Mechaber and his intent as he wrote the Sefer itself. So when learning the words of Rav Kook, especially a Sefer like Reish Milim, we should be zolcha to connect to the Mechaber, to connect to the Balha Sefer, the Sipur within the Sefer, as it were. Now, the Os Mem, and I feel like I say this with every letter, but the Os Mem holds a, a particularly important space within the Sefer of Reish Milim. Because Al Pi Chazal and Al Pi number of the Svarim HaKadoshim the Osmem is considered the middle letter of the Osios, depending on how you count it up, but it's going to be considered the middle of the Aleph base. And one of the Simanim, one of the Ramazim that Chazal gives to this is the fact that the word MS, the word for truth, the Chotam of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the stamp of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you will, of the truthfulness of creation, the truthfulness of reality, is that it's Aleph Mem Tuf. And Aleph is described as the first of the letters. Mem is going to be described as the middle of the letters. And Taf is going to be described as the end of the letters. And Aleph, Mem, Taf are going to be described as the Rosh, the Toch, and the Sof, the beginning, the middle, and the end. Now, Aleph represents the unreachable beginning, that Koyach HaGvul, Bibilti Gvul, that still remains contained and concealed within the infinite itself prior to its manifestation in being. The Os Taf, as we're going to see, represents that full expression, if you will, that the power of limitation finally manifesting itself so that we can now engage in the chitzonius, in the bottom, the malchus, the malchus, the asiya, as the Arizal, based on the Zohar, described the Ostaf. That's the place of the 400 men of Esav, the 400 soldiers of Esav, but it's also the place where we have the capacity to uncover the 400 worlds of Kisufin, the 400 worlds of supernal yearning that the tzaddikim disclose as described in the Zohar and Parshas Lech Lecha by Avram Avinu and his buying of, and his buying of Marasa Machpela. The Osmem, however, is going to be the middle letter. It's going to be the connection. It's going to be the bridge between the Aleph and between the Tuf. And like any bridge, it's going to need to have a relationship with both sides of which that is connecting. So the mem, it's not enough that it serves as a transitionary object, but it has to have a relationship with the aleph, and it has to have a relationship with the tough. Now, the first half of Reish Milin, until Lamed, really, what we've had is 
the internal process from the perspective of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of the stage-by-stage or step-by-step process of Hishtalshalus, the Seder Ha'atzilus, but up till Lamid, as we saw last week, everything is still internal. Nothing has been fully revealed yet. Even when we spoke about the letter Chaf, which is representative of the capacity towards action, action in its Klaliyut, the ideal perspective of what it means to manifest in reality, Rav Kook was very clear to state there that it was still only in potentia. It wasn't fully manifested. It was only the chaf, the koyach, in potential. And the lamed, as we saw, is finally when things have finally arrived at their full individualized sense. They have expressed everything that they can express within themselves, and now it comes time to be so fake from things outside of themselves. Like the ear, in the shape of the lamed, it now is time for us to listen to that which is outside of the self, that which is outside of the interiority of things. From mem to tough, we're now entering into the second stage of Reshmilin, which is where things transition from the internal aspect of things. Even though we saw those various gradations, we were always talking about the interiority, the pnimius, that which is mechusa, that which is still concealed and in potential, not revealed and not seen. And from mem and on, from the second half of the Aleph Beis and on, we're now going to be seeing more of a manifestation. Now, the full manifestation of being, the full manifestation of thought, the full manifestation of action is not going to take place until the Ostaf, because like we said in the first year, the entire Aleph base is a series that begins in Aleph and ends in Tuf, and then Tuf returns back to Aleph to make the Eleph, to make the A Thousand, which we discussed, to bring everything full circle. Nevertheless, Mem represents a transitionary stage where the beginning begins to melt into the end. And as the center point, as the middle point, as that bridge between the beginning and the end, the mem serves this certain liminal position where it has a certain aspect of the beginningness and also a certain relationship to the end of things. Because the middle of things or the mem represents the present moment, it represents that which is at the moment when a person is engaged in it, always related to some prior beginning and also related to some future destination. Because we're going to see the os mem is representative of the notion of coming from something, may or min ha'aretz, something taken out from a particular place. Now, mem doesn't necessarily specify where it was taken out from, but mem always discloses a certain belatedness or a certain afterwardsness, like the acharei devarim ha'ela, that mem, I am coming from somewhere. I might not be able to describe explicitly where I am coming from, from the Pela Elyon, from the Aleph to the Lamed, but nevertheless, Mem is representative of the fact that it's coming from somewhere and it's serving to be the transition or the bridge between that which was the beginning and that which is going to be the end. Now, one Hakdama, which is going to be two parts for the letter Mem in Rav Kook's Reish Milin, is that Mem, in my opinion, the way I'm learning the Sefer at least, is that Mem is representative of a certain idea within the Kabbalah of the Arizal, and it's also found in the Kabbalah of the Ramak, that when speaking about the panemius of things, the, the light of things, the ore of things, like we discussed in Os Bays, that there's always a duality to existence, or at least an apparent duality between Orot and Kalim, between lights which represent the non-physical spiritual forces within the world, and Kalim, which represent the virtual aspects that serve to receive or to become capable of drawing down those spiritual lights. Now, 
when we talk about spiritual lights or consciousness or thoughts or ratzon or any disembodied sense of spirituality, what the Arizal showed us is that there's always going to be two forms of light. There's always going to be two ways of relating to that light. There's going to be something described as an or makif, a surrounding light, like makifin or the krachim hamikufim, these walled cities that are surrounded, as well as or pinimi, or an interiority of light, or an internalized light. Now, for the sake of simplicity, what the Arizal really focuses the main distinction between the two of those lights is, is that or makif is something that we have a relationship with it, but we have no ability to describe exactly what it is. Yes, it's related to us in the sense that we can say that it's an ormakif, we can speak about it, we have some sort of distant relationship with it, even though it's by way of negation. I know that it's there, although I can't quite specify what it is, I can't capture it in words, yet nevertheless it's removed from me and therefore it still has a certain relationship with me as opposed to something which is entirely removed, which I have no relationship with whatsoever, not by way of positive assertion nor by way of negation. But the Ormak, if I have a negative relationship with it in a certain sense because it's not something interior to me, yet I can still point to it and say that is a level that I would like to reach. So the makif has this unique relationship and position to the individual in that it is something that we have a relationship to, yet we can't quite say that we hold it or that we are masig it. It's something that we know by way of distance. It's something that we know by way of not knowing exactly what it is. And in orpanimi, the interior light, is something that we actually have a relationship to, something that becomes embodied, something that my mind can grasp, something that my heart can grasp, and something that I can actually utilize in order to engage in practical activity. Now, or makif and or panimi is representative of really two general modes of being with regards to spirituality. The or makif is this thing that represents hakadosh baruch Hu or kudshabrihu or the ideas that we know yet we can't verbalize them. And the orpinimi represents something that the individual has already engaged with enough and embodied with that it has become part and parcel of themselves. Now, the most important idea that we have to understand with regards to the ormakif is that even though the ormakif represents the surrounding light, it represents this idea that has yet to be manifested within the person, yet to be experienced, yet to be translated into our personal idiom, nevertheless, we maintain a certain relationship by way of distance. And although the ormakif appears to be the loftiest level of that which we can experience, in that because it's removed from us, and because we can't define it in words, and because we can't grasp it and explain it to somebody else, we might think that it's the loftiest level that we can apprehend by way of negation. Nevertheless, one of the fundamental aspects that the Arizal came to teach is that there is no absolute distinction between levels, that the entire Seder HaHishtalshalist, from the Aleph down to the Tuf, is not a series of separated and individualized points in time, separated by duration, yet connected in some grand scheme, but rather each and every stage of the process is a further iteration of that which preceded it. 
Now, I can't stress how significant this is in terms of understanding what the Arizal was trying to do and what the Mikubalim were trying to do, especially as seen from the Leshem Shob of Achaloma, Rabbi Nachman, and Rav Kook, especially in the Sefer of Reshmilin. Like we said in the introductory shir, the Aleph base, according to the Tlamide HaBal Shem Tov, is not Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, the but it is rather one Aleph, two Alephs, three Alephs, four Alephs, all the way down towards the Tuf, which is 22 Alephs in the numerical value of 400, which means that the degradation of levels is not some transition from one stage to another, but it is rather the veiling of the same stage so that if I can penetrate and contemplate and meditate on the essence of the experience, even at the lowest level of Tuf, what I will come to find is the alufa shal olam. What I will come to find is the aleph that remains hidden under the sheaths and the veils that have covered it up. So when we talk about the ormakif, which represents the loftiest level of our personal experience, this surrounding light, it's also significant to understand that that which is highest vis-a-vis us is also the lowest vis-a-vis the level that has preceded it. Meaning to say that the beginning of the next stage is going to be the end of the previous stage, or the ceiling of the lower floor is going to be the floor of the floor above it. So that which I perceive to be the highest is simply the lower aspect of that which preceded it manifesting into a new level of experience so that that which was lowest now becomes the highest of the next preceding stage. Now, the Ormakif, the Mem, which Makif starts with, is representative of this idea that there is this thing that surrounds my mind. There is this thing that I don't have access to, yet I know it by way of intuition, or I know it by way of dimyon, or I know it by way of negation, of knowing what it is not. That is simply the lowest realm of the higher level of the Lamid beginning to manifest into the next stage of creation. Because Mem here is representing a fundamental transitionary stage where the upper half of the Aleph base from Aleph to Lamed is now beginning to transition into the lower half of the Lamed, the, the Aleph base, which is the Mem to the Tuf. And therefore Mem, like we said, has to contain within it properties of both parts that it's coming to connect. And it is the Malchus of the higher level, the Ani, the Ainus, the ego identification of the higher level, which then becomes the Ayin, the nothing of the lower level. Like the Sefer Yetzirah and the Zohar Kadosh say that Ani and Ayin are the same letters except they're jumbled around. Because the Ayin of the level that we're speaking about, the present level, the nothingness, the Keser, the Ormakif, is simply the next iteration of the Ani, the Ainus, the ego, the lowest level of the higher level. Now, we're going to see this very clearly when we're Medayik in the words of Rav Kook, that the Mem for Rav Kook represents the Ormakif, represents this Klaliyut that is undistinguished and undefined in its totality and its fullness, yet it is the beginning of the manifestation into action itself. But before we begin to look at the words of Rav Kook, I'd like to just point out in two Makoros from which Rav Kook was Yonik from. Number one is going to be the Leshem Shabbat Bachaloma, which we discussed in the first year. The Rav Kook, Elenu, spent a lot of time when he was a young Rav in Zalma learning by the Leshem Shabbat Bachaloma. And the Mechtavim between the two of them represent the reality that they maintained a close relationship. Rav Kook was Zoha to bring the Leshem Shabbat Bachaloma of Shlomo Yashav Elenu to Yerushalayim at the end of his life. And he sent his Talmud of Arya Levine to be Meshamesh 
the Baal HaLeshem and Rav Arya Levine's became a mechutan with, with Rav Yashav, um, Rav Shlomo Yashav's grandson. Now, the Leshem Shabbat Halamo, and this is in Sefer Habiurim, which is his parish on Eitz Chaim, which was recently put out a few years ago. Now, in the thousand pages here, all the Leshem had done was compile his own commentary on the first five Sha'arim up to Sha'ar Nekudim in Eitz Chaim. This was the last Sefer that he tried to write, and he died, unfortunately, before he was capable of finishing it. But one's imagination runs wild when contemplating how big or massive this work would have been. Nevertheless, in, in Sharha Akudim Parak Beis, what the Leshem describes is five purposes for this Or HaMakif, five purposes for this reality of this surrounding light, a light that a person doesn't necessarily have an individualized relationship with, yet nonetheless represents an ideal that a person can have a relationship with by way of not having a relationship, meaning it is something that could identify as a goal that I would like to have in spite of the fact that I don't have it yet, as opposed to things that are completely beyond my rational thinking and that I can't even identify as a possible goal. For the Leshem, what he's trying to understand is what is the purpose of this? If it's not embodied, if it doesn't become part and parcel of the individualized idiom, like an orpnimi, like something internalized, then what is the purpose of this ormakif? And in describing the five various purposes, the Leshem says as follows. In the third purpose and the fifth purpose is what we're going to read. The Leshem says as follows. He says, Because of the Or HaMakif, because of the surrounding light that remains removed from the individual, which is a much loftier level of light than the Or HaPnimi, because obviously that which can become embodied is obviously limited in a certain level, but that which remains transcendent to us is beyond our capacity, and therefore it contains more of an intense kind of spirituality. A person has the ability through the Ormakif to raise themselves above their level, above the station that they're situated in. And a person has the ability to elevate themselves from makif to makif, from a surrounding light to the next surrounding light without limit. And therefore, each higher level comes down and surrounds the lower level in order to create an interrelationship between the chains or the links in the chain of being. Meaning the ormakif is that which gives me the ability to connect my station currently to that which is above me, to dream and to imagine that which I don't have a relationship with. That is the value of the Ormakiv. So what the Leshem is coming to show us is the ontological value of the Ormakiv, which is that it creates a chain or a link of interconnected worlds where even though I am removed from the level previous to me, I still have the ability to recognize that there is something beyond me that I can't understand. And by way of not understanding it, as we're going to see by Rabbi Nachman, by way of being forced to have emuna in it and not the knowledge of it, we actually connect to that level. Now, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov was ma'amik and ma'arich in the sugya of makifin, more so than other tzaddikim. And he has an entire shita which deserves a, a number of shears unto themselves, or a sefer, if you will, of, of the sugya of makifim, and the idea that tachlis hayadiyah shalom 
that the apex of knowledge is not that a person should come to know something in an embodied state like an orpanimi, but rather that a person should come to understand that there was always already a level prior to them that we cannot understand with words, that we cannot understand in the distinction and the detail-oriented nature of it. That when we come to know that there is something that we don't know, what we're already doing is we're elevating ourselves back up to the lowest part of the higher level, which allows us to climb the chain, if you will, this linked chain back up to Ein Sof. Now, Rabbi Nachman, and this is one Makor that I chose out of many, and this is more the psychologization of the Ormakif, so that we can have a, a more of an understanding of what Rav Kook is coming to do in the letter Mem in a more panemiastic level. He says as follows in Torah Zayin in Lukutem Maharan Tinyana, the second volume of Lukutem Maharan, Osvav. And he says as follows in a, in a profoundly brilliant way that only Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Nassim were capable of saying. The Ayadezeh, and through this, she'oskim ledaber echadim chavero, that we're osik to communicate with one another, that we're osik to have conversations with one another, to teach one another. When the tzaddik or a rebbe or a teacher decides to try and teach or to try and speak out words for somebody else to hear them, al yedeze nechnasim orosa mekavim. The work of the teacher, the work of the Rebbe, the work of any person who is being mashpia in a relationship, and there is no hierarchy of value here. Sometimes the Talmud becomes the Rebbe, and sometimes the Rebbe becomes the Talmud. But the goal of teaching, the goal of communication and relationality and dialogue is so that I can allow another person to now understand something that they did not understand previously, whether I'm letting them know facts that they weren't exposed to or whether I'm explaining something that they weren't exposed to. The goal of the teacher is to make accessible that which was inaccessible previously to the teaching experience. The Hainusha Zoha Lahavin, that the Talmud is Zoha to understand and to know that which they couldn't understand or know beforehand. Because that which a person knows and understands in their own mind, that's the aspect of interiority, a light that can garb itself within the person, an understandable light, one that does not transcend the individual psyche. Because that idea that I can understand has already entered into my mind. But that which a person is incapable of entering into their minds, that which they cannot understand, that is the aspect of the surrounding lights, that which remains transcendent to the individual, yet nevertheless relatable. Because this idea surrounds the mind. It doesn't enter into the mind, but rather it surrounds it like something that I have a relationship to, yet I can't put my finger on it. And I cannot enter it into my mind. Because I cannot understand it. I can't understand it because according to my present status, according to the the relative stage that I'm in, that remains something transcendent. It remains shayach, if you will, to the level higher than I am. But when a person tries to have a relationship and to talk and to teach and to converse with another person, and actually allows them to understand their knowledge, what the teacher is doing 
is they're emptying their minds from that which was filling it by way of teaching it to their students. By teaching, I take that which was a makif to the student and I allow it to enter into the student's mind to become a pnimi. The idea of teaching is bringing the makif into a pnimi because for Rabbi Nachman and for the Rav Kook and the Leshem and the Rashash and all the tzaddikim, there's no specific level where a person can say, I hit the highest makif. Every makif is a pnimi to the level higher than it. And then each pinimi becomes a, a makif to the level lower than it. Ad ain't so, if there's no limit to that. Every higher level vis-a-vis a person who is situated at level A is going to be a lower level considering the person who's situated above that. Rav Kuk, Rav, Rabbi Nachman continues and he says, the idea of grasping the makifim, that is the fundamental expression of the joy of Olam Haba. And he goes on to say, This is the notion of the apex of knowledge. Because the tachlis, the fundamental apex of knowledge, is that I should not know. Because the grasping of these surrounding lights. How great is your greatness that you have concealed for your loved ones? Ma daika, what specifically? Because mem and ma and me and the aspect of questioning, which is representative of the fact that there is something that I know, but I don't know it explicitly. There is something here, but I can't quite put my finger on what it is. And therefore, I am drawn to the psychological and epistemological mode of questioning something. By asking questions, I'm already showing that I am aware of that which I don't know. And therefore, I have a negative relationship with the thing. If I can't ask a question about it, I have no relationship with it. By asking a question... I already have a shaykhist to it, which is why the Gemara and Talmud and Torah Shabbat starts with a mem, me'em masai korin because the entire notion of Torah Shabbat is the ability to ask questions of ma and me, which both start with the letter mem, which is representative of the idea of something coming from somewhere. And by the Haggadah of Pesach, which is the Iker Mesorah, the Iker of Chinuch, the entire aspect of it is by way of asking questions, because questioning is the first entrance into recognizing that there is something above us that I do not have access to. Now, with those two introductions, we are going to now begin looking at the words of Rav Kook. Rav Kook says as follows, and I'm going to be specific about the words because my reading of Rav Kook here as the, or, the Mem, as the Orhamakif, as the highest level of the lower stage, the beginning of the transition into the lower level of the Aleph base, is, is very clear when you're Medayik in the words of Rav Kook. The pouring and the amalgamation of the aspects that have finally come and been disclosed and described by the Oslamid have now formed a union, one with the other. Shitfam haklali asher huchlalu tsurasehem hapratiyut b'shetef haklal hagadol. After the oslamid, which was everything standing at the ready to be expressed, each and every idea ready to be expressed in its unique pratiyut, like we discussed in the Ost test, has now arranged themselves into a shetef haklal hagadol, this expansive flow of the generalized property. The makif is general. The makif is klali because I can't describe exactly what is in it. Ha'atid la'asos ma'amar shalem mehamon nekudot machshaviyot. 
Chazal tell us in Masech Shabbos that when learning about the Aleph Bey's Mem, the letter of Mem is representative of Ma'amar Pasuach and Ma'amar Sasum. That there are two Mem, two Mems, there's Mems, there's Mems, there's the Mem. The first Mem represents Ma'amar Patuach, actual speech, and the Mem Sofit represents this concealed utterance, which we're going to see at the end of this year, a statement from Rav Kook, which draws the whole thing together, but the mem is representative of the beginning of the sentence. The letters have finally arrived at a place that we can begin discussing the concept of conversation and disclosing through language that which we've expressed in the first half of the Aleph base. The mem represents that all of the different parts which are in the future standing at the ready to be made into a ma'amar shalem, into a full statement, stand at the ready. Umifal Yitzira Olamit and the promise of the creation of worlds, Mehamon Kochot Kafirim Bodidim Encheker, from immeasurable, particular, and lonely points that were expressed in the Lamid, Kol Eila Yegalalanu Hamem Bivituyav Hamemi. All of this is described and contained within the expression of the Mem in its sound and in its image. Halimudim Mitgalmim Hitgalmut Machshavtit. The limudim, which we saw in the Oslamid previous, last week, which were things standing at the ready to be taught, to transition from the higher level to the level that we are at now, they congeal into the congeliation of thought. They crystallize within the crystallization of thought, meaning to say that they are becoming more physical, Yet at the same point, they are still not yet physical. They are still virtual. Yet the mem represents the next transition to a level that is more materialized. Yet nevertheless, it still remains a makif. It still remains removed from material grasp. Chonim ish al Each prat stands at the ready with its own particular flag. Each letter from Aleph to Muhammad, all the Pratiyut, stand at the ready in their own particular circle, with their particular approach, and the ideals that are described in each and every letter, and the secrets contained therein. The kulam holchim umitgazmim meziga ruchanit lenahar plagim shall shtifa sechlit ritzonit mitaderet. All of them, from the Aleph to the Lamed, all of these pratiim, the lower level of the higher level, the beginning of expression that is within that which cannot be expressed yet, form by the Osmem into a generalized flow, a Nahar plugin, a river that contains different streams, meaning a unity that contains opposition and particularity within it, shall shtifa sechlit, the intellectual flow, ritzonit mi'aderet, willfully and beautifully. Ritzonit mi'aderet shows us that Rav Kook is really saying here that by the Osmem it is still only by the level of Ratzon. We're not by the level of Amaisa yet. We're not fully expressing things yet, yet we're beginning to express things. We're beginning to express expression and reality at the level of Seichel and Ratzon. Mikolos mayim rabim adirim mishperayam adir bamarom Hashem. And Rav Kook quotes the Pasuk, Mikolos mayim rabim, from the vast voices of the waters, adirim mishperayam, the strength of the roaring waters of the sea, adir bamarom Hashem, the strength of a Kaddish Baruch Hu that stands at the ready to begin to manifest in the second stage of creation, which is the expression of potential into action. 
Hamem Bitsurato Hamikhtavit. And here Rav Cook is going to be describing to us the mem in its shape. And this takes a little bit of focus because on the one hand we have a vav on the left side. And what Rav Cook is going to be utilizing, and we're going to see this in the letter Samech, and we're going to see this in the letter Pei as well, that the right side, the larger side of the Os Mem, is a combination, if you will, of the Os Chaf and the Os Beis. That the bottom half is part of the Os Chaf, yet the curvature is part of the Os Beis. And what Rav Cook does, he even phrases a word for this, he says, Hatzad HaChaf Beiti, that this Tzad that contains within it the properties of the Chaf as well as the Beis. Now, for the sake of a reminder, the ospeis was the halal hapanui, the preparation of receptivity, the creation of a vessel or a home, a bias, that was primed to receive the flow that came from above it. The oschaf, on the other hand, represented the preparation towards action, the idealized form of activity, yet non-active in its manifestation, remaining in its in idealized state, yet prepared to act, standing at the ready to act. So the unity of chaf and bays, which obviously have a imaginal, imaginal as well as an expressive relationship with one another, chaf and bays represent two stages. The chaf is the preparation towards action, and bays is the ability of that action to manifest itself and be received in the proper kli. So whenever Rav Cook is going to be discussing the chaf and the bays, he's talking about the unity between action in its idealized form and the rishum ha'eloki, the inscription or the receptivity of atzilut, the receptivity of something. So it's the unformed potential of action actually expressing itself. Now the tsura of the mem, and Rav Kook is going to express this in a very beautiful way, is going to be the chaf and the bays together, as well as the vav on the left side. And we're going to see how Rav Kook describes the shape of the os mem. Rav Kook says as follows. He says, Hamem b'tsurato ha-mechtavit, the mem in its written form. B'tsiur shel ha-chavas bais v'chaf. In the image of the unity between Bez and Chav. Now, interestingly enough, the word Harchava, Rechev, which means a combination, contains within itself Resh, Chav, and Bez, which individually speaking represent the gematria of 220 and 200, and therefore they're part of the same family. Aleph, Yud, and Kaf, 1, 10, and 100 are going to be part of the family. Chazal break the Aleph Bez up into this quality. Bez, Chav, and Resh, Gimel, Laman, and Shin, 330 and 300. Dalid, Mem, and Tuf, um, 4, 40, and 400, they're all going to have a relationship with one another. So the Chaf and the Bays already have a relationship with one another. One represents the potential towards action, and one represents that potential towards action manifesting itself in some receptivity. But Sior HaChavas Bays V'Chaf, the shape of the combination of the Bays and the Chaf, Shabachelko HaGadol HaRishon HaYemini, in the larger part of the Mem on the right side, what does it show us? It represents, on the one hand, the pu'ula chapsitu machshavtit, a willful and thoughtful expression of action. That is strong and expressive in the shape of the chaf within it. 
וקיבו לרשימות עליונות המתגליות על ידי המפעילים מצד הביתיות התחתיתית שלו. And the ability to receive that action, the ability to manifest that action, to manifest that potential of action in the form of the base. What Rav Kook is simply saying here is that the mem is now expressing the beginning of the manifestation of action into actuality. Prior to the mem, chaf was simply the preparation of action, devoid of the receptivity and actualization. Uniting the chaf and the bez on the right side of the mem is representative of the preparation towards action actually now forming itself with the receptivity of action to begin to manifest itself in some identifiable way. His achdus ha-miftal v'harishum ha-tzili shal kabalas ha-ara ha-sechlis mirosh tzurim. Again, the chaf and the bez represent the unity between the mif'al v'harishum, the action and the inscription, the action and the receptivity of that action, of actually beginning to receive that lofty idea, that lofty thought which preceded it in the first half of the Aleph Beis. How? Now, the unity between the Chaf and the Beis, between action and reception, is only through the Vav, which, if we can remember, in the Os Vav, represents the Meshach HaChayim, represents the Vav HaChibor, the Vav HaAmudim, the letter that comes to connect disparate parts that have ostensibly and externally no relationship with each other, yet nevertheless, through the Vav HaChibor, have the ability to transition from one thing to another without losing the individuality of each thing. Like we said, in terms of the temporal process of past, present, and future, Vav represents the Vav HaHipuch, which can transform past to present and present to past, which has a relationship with the Osmem, which is connecting the Aleph of the past and the Tuf of the future by way of the middle, which has a relationship with both parts. The Vav HaSoger, this Vav that closes off the Chaf and the Beis on the right side, and the Vav on the left side, connects to the Chelek HaYesodi Shel HaChaf Beiti Shalom, this letter, and Rav Kook creates a word here of Chaf Beiti, of, of the Chaf and the Beis together. The chaf and the base and the strength and the courage of its right side. Now, if Cook is describing here the lower part of the men. How is it that the Maimer can now be expressed? How is it that all of the Hakdamos of Aleph Talamid, of everything that remained in potentia in relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's expression towards the world before it manifests in being, how is it that it can now manifest in a Maimer? How is it that it now can become a sentence and a statement and an expression? And Rav Kook describes that it's only by way of the relationship between the Chaf and the Beis and the Vav, the Mesha Shachayim from above, that gives us the ability to find this whole that gives expression the ability to now be spoken out, to manifest into some sort of actuality. Like Chazal tell us that Dibor Maisahu, that speech, although it is not an actualization, it is still a process of actualization, especially vis-a-vis thought. Aleph through Laman is the level of Seichel and Ratzon, of thought, which remains transcendent to the individual. By the Os Mem, and we're going to see this by the Os Nun and by the Os Samach Ayin Pei, is the beginning of speech until we come to action. So by Mem, we have the Ma'amar being Patuach, the Ma'amar is being open, we're beginning to express. And Rav Kook says, Kook says, Kook says that's the 
us down to allow for a hole for things to manifest. Within mifaliyut, within action, the harishum ha'atzili and the receptivity, lachdor michutz l'chug ha'magvil, to manifest itself and to descend beyond the limitation of concealment, the haviyata ma'amar ve'ercho, the enunciation of words, the enunciation of language. Ulamala, and Rafuk is going to talk about the connectivity between the chaf and the bays and the vav. Ulamala, mega dak the kalush mechaber ashetef achayim ha'atzmiim. Above, there is a very slight connection between the expression of life in and of itself. Asher yitgalu b'tor to'arim stadiim hatsad hatsmolisha b'havaya. The vav itself, which remains dormant, transcendent, but present within existence. That or hamakif, that or pnin, that, that or that enlivens everything has a relationship, the Vav connecting to the Chaf and the Beis allows us to maintain the connection to infinitude of the Vav, albeit on the left side that is not fully expressed in limited reality, that animates and gives life to the Chaf and the Beis, which takes up the full right side, which takes up the space of reality, the Vav allows us to understand that even though all we see is the Chaf and the Beis, even though all we see is action and receptivity that appears to be devoid of Kedusha, devoid of Hashem's presence in the world, the Vav allows us to understand that Pepinius, the Tzadat Stadim, on the side that is not revealed, on the side removed from vision yet present, that is the Chibor, that the Ma'amar contains within itself the Or HaChayim of the Vav. There is a small space that remains open on the men. Where the elevated light, the transcendent light breaks through. From within the light that is not contained and not limited. The unlimited light, the or hamakif, the or in sof, that we have no relationship to except by way of negation, by knowing that we don't know it, by knowing that we can't express what it is that we know. That expresses itself within the mem. It is chofif al kol harashum. It surrounds and it serves as a canopy upon everything that is written and received. Al kol Everything that is written also points to the fact that there is an infinite amount not written here. That every word that we perceive, every signifier and every signified that we encounter points us to the fact that there is something not present here. Every knowledge, every aspect that we can know beckons us to that which is unknown. The Ormakif reminds us that even though there is an Orpnimi, even though there is something that I can understand, I also know that there is an infinite level of things that I do not understand. And when I unify that Ormakif with the Orpnimi, when I recognize that the or Habilti Mitsuyar, the unlimited and unformed light, remains above Chofif and surrounding the limited light, I recognize that I know absolutely nothing. There is an infinite amount that I can know. And I fall back onto Emuna. Muna comes from the Mem, comes from the Ima, the reliance that we have on our mothers, on Ma, on asking for Man from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Os Mem always represents those things that are coming to us, yet we don't know how they come to us. The mother, the ima, the man, 
manhu, the question of mahu, umashimo, what is it and what is his name, the question of Mashiach, that thing which is arriving, although we don't know from where it arrives. Mem always points beyond itself to the fact that it is belated arrival. It comes from somewhere. It is rooted above itself. Rav Cook continues and he says, the courageous strength of the sentence, of the formation of words in all of their expressions and relative values, and life, which is represented in the vav on the left side of the mem, the chaf and the beis, of spirituality represented on the right side of the mem, together they create for themselves this spiritualized combination, this amalgamation, this liquid formation that represents a flowing source that I don't understand where it's coming from, yet it flows and it flows. Hanosenes makum l'shetef, that gives place to expression. Lenahar hayelech v'homet, to the river that goes and murmurs. L'chaim ruchniyim sechliyim ritzonim b'hamon olamim, to the spiritualized, willful, and intellectualized worlds upon worlds, uzam, because of their great strength, because of this idealized and elevated stage of this unity between action and receptivity and the will that embodies itself within action, the men can only express itself in the totality of itself, undefined, unparticularized, not manifested in any details, yet remaining surrounding this or makif. The Arizal writes in his parish on the Zohar and the Hakdam of the Zohar about the letters that came before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, asking if they can be used to create the world. The reason that Os Mem can't be used to create the world, according to the Arizal, is because had the Os Mem been used to create the world, everybody would have a relationship with Ormakif. Everybody would be forced to acknowledge the surrounding light, and everybody would be on the same level, because vis-a-vis that which we don't know, we're all equalized. That there's no Elyon and Tachton vis-a-vis that which doesn't manifest within vessels like we described in the Os Beis. That above the Beis and below the Beis, everything is equal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that the same way the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu elevates from Shemayim, it also elevates from Gehenim. Because distinction and distortion and gradation is only related to a pinimi, to that which is internalized within right, left, middle, past, present, future, good, bad, tahor, tame, mutter, asur. But vis-a-vis the surrounding light, there's no differentiation. Now, the Arizal says if the world was created with the Osmem, there would have been no room for Bechira. But the Osmem gets to be revealed in particular moments. The Ormakif is revealed to a person on Rosh Hashanah, on Yom Kippur, like the Rebbe Rashab says so beautifully in Hemshech Samech Vav, that the time of Elul and the time of Rosh Hashanah and the time of Yom Kippur is the time of Kiruv Hanitzutz El Ha'or. That it is a time where the spark moves itself slightly closer to the source of the light from which it came. When reality moves slightly closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we begin to recognize that there is more and more than we don't understand. Now to end, I want to look slowly and very quick, I'm sorry, very quickly at what Rav Kook writes about the Mem Stuma, the 
mem sofit, because as we know, there's an aleph base of chaf base osiyat Torah, and there's also going to be the five sofit letters, the doubled letters, which we'll hopefully Bezrat Hashem get to discuss when we finish off with the aleph base. But Rav Kook says something amazing here, which really brings to light everything we've been discussing about the os mem. Rav Kook says as follows: Hamaamar hamivuta, the expressed maamar, which represents the regular mem yisod hamifala hachayim, the foundation of action and life between the chaf, the beis, and the vav, mitgalim betor hamem hapsucha. That is revealed, and language is revealed in the open mem. Toldos hamayim hashotfim behit magzam. The the expression of water in its totality, and its expression. When they have contained and and satiated themselves and digested particularity and formed itself together into a cloud. And they stand ready in this klaliyut of the ormakif. What does this mem represent? What does the open mem represent? What does the ma'amar pasuach represent? What does the ormakif of the mem represent? It reveals asakoach hasatum. It discloses the capacity of concealment. That the osmem, the beginning stage of the osmem, is the expression of that which remains concealed. Should be a sod ma'amar that animates and constitutes all language. That language in the ma'amar ha'pasuach is simply the expression of the ma'amar ha'satum. The ormakif is an expression of that which remains completely removed from us, or ain't sof. Anytime we're speaking, says Rav Kook, and Levinas says the same thing in his important distinction between two modes of language, the saying and the said, that when I say something, there's always the unsaid contained within what I'm saying. I'm always saying more in my words because what I'm saying always contains an infinite amount of that which cannot be disclosed in language. And Rav Kook is saying it incredibly, that whom reveals in its strength as a koach hasatum, the concealed strength, should be a sodha ma'amar, that rests at the foundation of the ma'amar. As shlilat ha'akara should be a sodha bitoy, the negation of recognition that rests at the foundation of expression. Again, the negation of recognition that rests at the foundation of expression. That what language points to is the unsaid. That thought points to the unthought that the ormakif and that which I cannot fully understand and integrate into my being represents that which is entirely unaccessible to me. As ta'alumoso shal ha'akara shal habitoi ha'ma'amar pasuach. The ma'amar pasuach discloses to us, the mem discloses to us that there's a mem above it. There is a concealed mem, a mem stuma, a mem sofit, which doesn't leave an opening. As we know, it's just a square. It doesn't leave an opening for anything to be expressed. Humiyusud aleha betsurata ha'metgaleh ma'am stuma ma'amar satum. So Rav Kuk says something amazing here, that the ma'amar pasuach, the expressed language of the mem, as it begins the transition into action all the way to the Ostaf, is simply the expression of that which cannot be expressed. The same way that our knowledge is an expression of that which cannot be known. And we're going to see next week, Bezras Hashem, that from the Osmem, from this water that contains everything within it in an undistinguishable and undifferentiated form in its generality and its transcendent nature of makif and surrounding, the nun, which is the Aramaic term for fish, is going to represent the particularities that begin to express themselves within the Shetaf HaKlali of water. The particular identities, the nun sharebina, if you will, the particular gates of understanding that are found within the generalized chachma, the generalized klaliyut of the ormakif of the Osman.